0: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. And I'm Josh. And we are here and we are back. And I think this is like episode 15 or 16. Man, I've quit adding. I knew we said when we got to 50, I think we were going to do something. I, I, we're close. I don't know. I need to go add it up. We'll talk about next week. Watch. Next week we'll come in and it'll be like 51. Grant's going to look real quick. But, uh... Man, we're just excited to be here, to be able to open God's Word. Um, Man, it's just been a good day. It has been an awesome day. It's been something else. I'm telling you, like, this morning on my way to church, um, we always turn on J103 local station here. And the pastor from Grace Point in Cleveland uh, is Dr. Phil something. But he's been going through Philippians with his church and just talking about... that. His sermon series is like finding joy in a grumpy world. And that's what he's talking about. It's like the joy we have in Christ is only from Christ. And his joy comes through us to others. And that's just, I don't know, that's just been my thought the last couple weeks from listening to him start that series. And then, you know, we had service this morning and it was awesome. Um, And here we are getting ready to talk about the Word of God. I mean, you just can't help but be joyful about it. 45? Dang, we've done a lot. We got five more. So, uh, man, y'all doing good? Doing well. Doing good. All right. So this week we're going to continue with our uh, topic of the spiritual gift of faith and the spiritual gift of discernment I would encourage you guys um, like we have been every week it's time to get in the house of god it's time to get in the you know the body of believers I was thinking about it this morning They're, man there's just a benefit to fellowship and discipleship with yeah. your brothers and sisters in christ and it's it's awesome um I'd encourage you guys to, if you listen to this, you have any questions, we haven't done a question drive in a while, but if you ever have any questions, feel free to send them in. You can email us at mediawatchchapel.net at or message us on our Facebook page, the WCBC podcast. We'll get to those. We'll listen to those. Somebody gave me some questions last week that don't have to do with the podcast, but I thought about bringing them in here in a couple of weeks. You talk about some good stuff. Really? Some good questions. I mean, we, we enjoy that stuff because, man, it, I we were just talking about it. One of our main goals here is just to help educate people through Scripture and through a biblical view, so and, that way we all can be challenged and, and encouraged. And
1: not that, not to uh, act like that we've got it all figured out, because it educates my, uh, us as well. Because it, yeah. it challenges us and it, yeah. it holds us to a level of accountability where we have to get in God's Word and study. Yeah, and, and use the uh, uh, you know discernment that God gives us, and that helps us get to a level to where you know what uh, we understand God's Word better. We're, we're in, Pursuit of him to, to be uh, you know holy. To, and the Bible says to come out among the world, be yeah, be separate, separate, a separate people, peculiar people. That's that's what does that is a, a respect and understanding of God's word and how it applies in our everyday living. And the yeah.
2: dependence too, yeah, the dependence on Christ. You yeah. know, I mean, so when we first come into a salvation, you know, we don't have a very high dependence level because we've just understood that you know our depravity or our separation from God, and then when we start seeking him you know you know to die to oneself is basically we're getting rid of all of our old habits the things that you know the flesh desired because i mean when you didn't have no when you did not know that you were a sinner against god what stopped you just your morals your moral convictions that's it but then when you come to the understanding you know that it's there's a holy God that you know, that's not only are you doing it because it's not morally But now you're sinning against God and the will of him. So when we start at that place Our dependence upon God is low But the more that we shed from our old lives and our old habits and our old desires We cannot do that and I we we I personally could not do that on my own court no I way. tried
1: I tried yeah, man, i tell you what, and there's a uniqueness about that that is so attractive and so pure. Yes. And when when a person is talking about touchy subjects, we covered one in, in, in Sunday school this morning, uh, and typically the topic of sex is hard to talk about in a, a mixed classroom. I mean, if you've got a group of men talking about biblical views or you've got a group of women, but when you've got them both together, uh, our... Uh, teacher this morning was Jake, and he done an awesome job talking about just what God's view of sex in a marriage is defined as, and how holy that is. But the problem is you don't have enough men qualified to stand and teach it with a pure conscience because they're guilty of having a worldly view of the definition and letting Hollywood define what sex is supposed to be.
2: Hit the nail on the head. And yes, it was,
1: it was awesome this morning. I tell you what, we just we had a, what a wonderful time, uh, and, and a, a biblical explanation of uh, a relationship as God intended it between a man mm-hmm. and a woman right. joined in holy matrimony to becoming one flesh.
2: Yep. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the episodes that we did that, where we covered the marriage. That's one of the statements that I made, and, but it is. You don't truly understand what the whole relationship is between a husband and wife until you look into the Word of God yep. and see that when you become that one flesh, and it's, it's so much more than just a physical thing. Yep. It's physical. It's spiritual. You literally become one. It's not, you know, and I mean, as a young man, You will get so wrapped up on the physical side of it. The physical side is truly the least of it. Because the connection that you have between a husband and a wife pulling together as one, when you start having children and you have financial decisions and you have everything that you do in life, you do it together, seeking God in prayer. And at that moment, that's when you truly see what God intended for a relationship to be. It's not about me. It's not about my wife. It's about us together as one. You know, there is not one that you, you will. And that's the thing. I love my wife to death because, you know, the, the amount of submission that she shows. But the thing is, and one day I said something to her and I was like, you know, I really appreciate you. But it's a twofold because we had a conversation then where she expressed the way of it to me. You know, and she's like, well, on the other side, you do this, this and this that, you know, gives me comfort and peace. Yeah. But like I said, the thing about it is the world will tell you that this is the way that
1: this. But that's the thing, though. That's the thing, though. It is so essential, yes. so important to have a, 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 somebody who wants to teach and somebody who wants to instruct and guide people yeah. with a clear conscience yeah. that is humbled and completely submitted and dependent, just like you were talking about. The old man's passed away and now I'm dependent completely upon Christ. A hundred percent. 100%. Yep. That's how, you, that's how you can cover topics like that and not get awkward. And not, right. It's, it, 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 it's, it's not awkward to talk about because no. the, the we're all being uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We're all Absolutely. depending on Him to give us a right view. Yep.
0: Well, I'll even i say this too. Um, like, you know, when I hit high school, it was the age of, I mean, iPhones were on the ramp, social media, you know, Twitter, all this stuff. I mean, it was just, it was on high. You know, Netflix really came around. And so, I mean, I'll say this. I, I think even being a young Christian man, I never realized till later on how conditioned the world was trying to get me to be, to
1: view. Same point that was made this morning in, in, in yes. Sunday school. And if, as God's people, if we don't take the step out, learn ourselves, yeah. and then teach our children, they're going to learn it in the locker room. They're going to learn yes. it. They're going, Hollywood's going to teach them on a... On a, on yeah. a, on a commercial yeah i mean they're they're inundated with it uh social media all, all those things uh it's it's just a, a an well thing. It,
0: and it's like a um, i mean to be honest with you i don't think the world and they're not going to know this at all i mean it's even like with discernment you know when someone discerns they're discerning between two things usually an evil spirit and a good spirit but the world can't do that because first Corinthians two says spiritual things have to be spiritually discerned. And so when we look at the world like they have no clue that there is an enemy behind the conditioning that's taking place. And he's good. And that's where, you know, being a young teenager, you know, I was in Sunday school and I was in things, but like I wasn't truly being discipled. I didn't even know what discipleship was. He's effective. Different different
1: if mean, you use the right terminology, he's not good. Yeah. And He's effective. <laughs> so,
0: and so when I look at, like, how I was conditioned, you know, I finally get into college. Like, I graduate high school, and I'm eating up with conviction because of the way I've been viewing women. So then it got to the point where it was almost like I had to be deprogrammed. And I'm not saying, like, I was brainwashed or anything, but, like... um you know, I realized the whole time, I was like, man, I'm not viewing women right. Why does the world, and it was the Spirit of God trying to pull me away from a system and from a friend group, right? Because people can't, I mean, bad company ruins good morals. And so, you know, then I had to spend five years of being single and really getting into the Word of God and studying how God made marriage and how we as men are supposed to view women because women are not just, and I'm saying this very nicely, pieces of meat. You know, you just don't, The and that's what the world portrays it as. Now, yeah. that's how women portray themselves, if I'm being honest. Yeah. A lot of these models, a lot of these Instagram people, you know, they post all these pictures where they're half naked. Well, of course, you know, they're going to get, pe- they know how to get people to look at them. And so, you know, I got rid of all social media. I really started getting the word of God. And then after five years of being single, God finally sent, prepared me and gave me someone that I'm going to marry. And I'm so thankful for that five years of being single because it taught me so much about how God intended marriage to be and how, like Josh and you were talking about, Alan, how the world was trying to pull me away from that in a sense and take me down the wrong path. But what I love is God chastens those he loves. And so it took some chastisement, man. It really took some eye-opening to see, man— I've been lured in and I, I need to get out. And so I love that y'all bring that up because, you know, we're, we're going to hit discernment in just a second, but that's just, that's worth saying. I mean, Josh, yeah. you hit it yeah. on the head. Go well,
2: ahead. The, the one thing too, though, is like, I mean, so the, the world does have an agenda and that the, speaking. And I mean, it, it's, it serves its master and it's a sinful world that we live in. It's, it is a fallen world that is, you know, d- desperately or, you know, it's very very wicked. I don't know the word I was trying to find, but it's a wicked world.
0: You can't explain it sometimes. So, I mean it's the, just
2: and, and but the thing is is that so many things that like are that are talked about, portrayed through media, Hollywood. Yep. That they are putting on the movies, you know, there is no much such thing, as anymore as as of uh, you know a married husband and wife, with the hes- husband being the you know the spiritual leader of the home. You will not find it in Hollywood. Nope. What it is is disposable relationships. It's very shallow relationships. You know, there there there's a lot of appeal to the eye, if you will, and
1: there's there's no meaning behind any of it. And when the new and the novelty wires off of the physical, thank you. Yes. Let's, let's toss it, toss it aside. It's a, it's a, right. there's, there's zero commitment. Yep. We'll start all over somebody Find new. Find somebody new. So Find somebody new. Can I new start the vicious cycle all, all? over again? Let, yes. me,
0: let me give you guys an example of what you're talking about. So this last week, I had a picture sent to me of a tweet from Twitter. Now, I don't have Twitter, uh, but somebody sent this to me, and it's by a verified account called ap style book and i i don't know if we can get censored for saying that but if we do then we do but that's the that's the people who tweeted it and they said this don't use the term mistress for a woman who has a long-term sexual relation with and is financially supported by a man who is married to someone else listen to this part <laughs> instead instead use an alternative like companion. Side chick. Friend. Yeah. Look here. Friend. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, look here. This says friend or now I-, I want y'all to hear this one. Or lover on first reference and provide additional details later. Now, my first thought in the world was like, I don't know who this account is, but Lord, they do not have enough power and morality within them to define how I should live my life. But second, I mean, look at this. So what is a mistress, right? That is someone that a man is seeing while he's married. So that's the act of adultery. Yep. And the world is saying, listen, and this is the, they're trying to condition people saying, don't call them a mistress anymore. That's disrespectful. Call them a companion or a friend or a lover. And I thought, it's little things like that that are trying to condition well,
1: the world. We're going to have to censor me because I'm about to tell you what the call them where I come from. Mm-hmm. Homewreckers.
0: Yeah. but and, and that's the
2: thing. So, he, so he, one of the things that when, when Hunter was reading that, I was thinking about my own personal life. And if I'm going to be honest with our listening audience, as a husband, as a father, as a spiritual leader of my home, I cannot keep up at times. And I have other things that happened before and I look at it and I come to a place of repentance saying, Lord, help me be a better husband. Sure, help yeah, me be sure. a better, let alone go find another one. To add. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I can't even take care of what God's given me. Why am I going to go seek for something outside of
0: that? Yeah. yeah. But it, it's just crazy because, and I mean, I, It's one of those things where it's like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful and belittle someone if I use such term. But I will say this, the term mistress is a lot nicer than what the Bible considers Mm, someone who wants to ruin such, because that's what it is. I mean, Alan said it, he referred to it as a homewrecker. And at the same time, we're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but... If that is something you do on purpose is ruin marriages and ruin homes, then I want to tell you something. There's a man named Jesus Christ that yes. died on the cross for yep. your sins, I and you can you. be saved. Yep. Because we also see in the Bible, in John 8, an adulterous woman that Christ forgave her, for her sins, so you can receive forgiveness for your sins if you are in that. Now, when you read Proverbs, it talks about a harlot standing on the corner of a street, hollering out, seeking whom she can devour. So I'm just saying, like, when you look at this, The world is trying to desensitize people, right? Because I I know this, like, I'm not from the older generations, but I've met people, right, that may not be Christians, but still from older generations say, you should not go out and do that to your wife. Because there was a morality that was based on God before all the social media, before all, right? Because when you go back in the old days, people didn't have TVs, they didn't have all this, and you had churches. That was the good news. That was your social media right there. Now, We live in a day and age now where people that are lost are like, I can do what I want. Don't call me a mistress. Call me this. Respect me for what I'm doing. Respect me for the sins I'm committing. But now, let's talk about this. Now we've got Christians that are so desensitized by the world that they're out doing all sorts of crazy things. I mean, and that brings in another point where if you're supporting crazy things, you might need to do some other reflecting but I am saying this it's easy for someone to sit at home on Monday night or Tuesday night and be watching a movie and all of a sudden a homosexual is on there and they're saying funny things if you're watching it you're supporting it and that's so that's where I'm going with this is like it's, it's easy, right, because you're in the movie, you're like, oh, this is funny, but then there's things happening within the movie. And I've talked to people. So here, let me say this too, because I'm, I'm not trying to judge anyone or throw any rocks at anybody, but I've talked to people. And they're like, well, I can watch it, and I can do this, and I can do this, and I'm fine. I, I just want to throw a challenge out. If you seek the word of God and something's happening in that movie, and I, listen, I'm not perfect. I've seen things on movies where I'll be like, man, uh, I need to turn this off. You know, I'll start one and be like, I don't need to do this. But now that I've grown more in my faith and in my walk across, I don't watch that stuff. I watch like what Carter watches and he's one years old. So, I mean, it's like little cartoons, but even within those cartoons, there's messages that are being portrayed. I don't want to
1: put anybody on pedestal. I will make this statement that was made in Sunday school. Jake made this statement. What is God, light or dark? Light. light. The things that we're talking about. Darkness. Dark. All of it. Dark. There's no darkness in God.
0: Right. Yeah, none I, will, and
1: that's the thing. So and I, know, I know none of us are perfect. None of us, we all have our downfalls. We all have our weaknesses. We all have the places we need help in. But the point that... The purpose of this podcast is we all should be striving. We all should be yes. pushing. We all should be in a passionate pursuit of God's will.
0: And like you said, separating ourselves from exactly. the world. Which
1: yep. a natural byproduct of doing that is your peculiar. You're different from the world. You're different from Hollywood. You're different from what you see
0: on television. If I say I'm different, then yes. I should not look like the rest you of should the world. Not. You should right. not. And, and
2: that's, that's the thing. If we have it, if so as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, I should not be going to the world for my answer should not I should use the word of God Absolutely So if, they, should. if the word of God says That it's an abomination Before the Lord It's an abomination Before the Lord Absolutely Period Bottom it's, line Right It's not the Well, I'm going to see what this group says Because maybe they Will find it Which brings to a whole Another thing of Why is there so many Religious different Dominations Because of that Because it's they want to find Something that fits them That makes them feel good mm. And that they can collect And say Yeah this is mine I agree with this 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 And I can still do this
1: and there's less expectation on me and i don't have to change and i can keep my my way of living if we got
2: into the word of god read the word of god for what it is and abided by the word of god the closely as we can i'm not saying we can do it in perfection because we can't but as closely as we can and to seek him a lot of the things that we so dearly hold on to will find being stripped away
1: and i think even in in even in failure even in when we don't succeed at that That sincere, honest pursuit, that genuine credibility, uh, seeking God, I think that that passionate uh, honesty between myself and God, forget who's watching me. right? Just understand that there's a special place in me that only me and God know about. Credibility there with myself and God is the most important thing as far as me truly being a part of the sanctification process i know where god i'm at i know where god wants me to be and how much effort is going into
0: and how much resistance is going Going, into
1: that process
0: well and and i mean and going back to what i was saying too about movies or this or this you know i can remember point in my life where i would watch something or something and someone would talk to me about when I'm watching, and I'd be like, well, you know, this is fiction. It's not real. I can handle this. But eventually when I got into the Word of God more and more, those excuses went away, and I quit watching that stuff. And so that's why I'm saying, like, as Christians, like, if we say we're of God and we are of the faith and we are of the Word of God, we've really, listen, we've got to consider the things that we watch and the things we listen to, And if it's against God, we've got to get away from those things because they're not going to help us. That's why
1: this this is so important. This podcast is so important. It's providing material for folks that uh, we we try our best to be uh, completely centered on God's Word, try to leave our opinions out. Boy, it's hard. It's hard to leave our opinions out sometimes. But uh, when we do kind of interject our opinion, I hope you forgive us for it. (laughs) Because what we want to do is we want to give our listeners... An advantage, a, a, a motivation to get in God's Word for yourself. Don't take my opinion. Well, it's, Don't take anybody's opinion. Everything
0: you've said, Alan, supports the first thing you said. Be separate. That's it. Be separate. And that's what you're talking about. I mean, to be a friend of the world is almost to try to be in a place of enmity yeah. like, with God. And I mean, that's just the truth. And you might be listening to say, well, I'm a Christian. What do you mean I'm an enemy? Well, you're not going to lose your salvation. But I do want to say this. If you are going against God's Word and you're not listening to God's Word... And here's the thing, we do it, we all do it, we all fail, we all fall short, but we have to admit it, and we've got to grow, and we've got to, we can't just sit in that. It's an honesty. And so, yep. that's where, like, when we talk about the sensitivity and the desensitization, I mean, th- there's an agenda out there, and, and when I look at this, so like, let's just talk about discernment, let's, let's kick this off. Go ahead. So, like, when we talk about discernment, like, we as Christians have an opportunity to, so let me put it like this discern between light and darkness, right? The Bible says this, darkness says this, I need to choose light. But when we look at the discerning of spirits, for example, that's mentioned in this, you know, this spiritual gift side, I, I, let's talk about this. So I'll, I just want to read a vague definition. And this is pretty lengthy. I was reading after a guy today. So Satan is the great deceiver and his demons counterfeit God's message and work, okay? So Christians with the gift of discernment have the God-given ability to, to recognize lying spirits, and to identify deceptive and erroneous doctrine, bad doctrine. So Paul illustrated the gi- the use of this gift in Acts 16 16 and 18. We'll talk about this here in a minute. And Peter used it in Acts 5. We'll talk about that too here in a minute. When it was not being exercised in the Corinthian church, grave distortion of truth occurred. Okay, look here. Though it's an operation has changed since the op- stop- apostolic times to the apostles, because of the completion of Scripture, it is still essential to have people in the church who are discerning. They are the guardians, the watchmen who protect the church from demonic lies, false doctrines, perverted cults, and fleshly ailments. So as it requires diligent study of the word to exercise gifts of knowledge, wisdom, preaching, teaching, so does with discernment. So when we look at this, like we are not... Apostles, So, like, for example, those those two texts. So, Paul, right? There's a woman with divination, and she's walking around proclaiming that these are the high servants of the Most High. So, a natural person to hear that and be like, yeah, they are. Amen, you know? But Paul discerned the spirit that was within her. Now, I'm not Paul, and I may not be able to discern to that ability, but Paul did that day, and that demon was cast out of that woman, the evil spirit. Okay? Ananias and Sapphire. Lie. Peter, but they're lying to God and the Holy Spirit, and Peter's like, hey, Ananias, why are you lying? And Ananias didn't say anything about lying, so Peter could discern that thing. Now, here we are with the completion of Scripture, so here it is. We have our Bible, we can study it, we can read it, right? So, some Christians are given an opportunity to have the spiritual gift of discernment. God gives them an opportunity to discern between light and darkness, and like the, the guy said, they are the guardians, so like... A pastor has got a gift of discernment because as he's leading the flock, absolutely, he's got to help people discern between darkness and light. So let me give an example. So let's say our pastor has an opportunity to help someone who's making a mistake. Or maybe they're doing something they're not supposed to, but they don't see it themselves. So let's say the pastor comes along and says, hey, brother, I've been noticing you've been practicing this or doing this, or I heard you were falling into this. Are you okay? And they're like, yeah, but man, things have just been hard. And then God gives the pastor a word of encouragement or Scripture, and the pastor says, well, the Bible says you really shouldn't be doing this, and I love you, and I want to pray with you and be encouraged. Then that person realizes through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Teacher that's within us, he's right. I've got to get away from this. So now that person is able to discern between the light and the and the dark. And so when we look at this, I mean, everything we're talking about right now, we have people in our lives, if we are involved with a biblical church, that have an opportunity to help discern between good and light. I mean, good and, and darkness, or light and darkness, good and bad. So listen, I mean, it, right here, demonic lies, false doctrines, perverted cults, and fleshly ailments. So there's been two examples in my life. I'll say this. Two examples in my life where the gift of discernment has happened, and both of them were at churches that were practicing unbiblical things. I'm not going to get it. Well, I don't care. Um, One church I went to, I walked in and it was great, and all of a sudden they had a woman pastor come out, and we've made it clear on here that we believe that the Bible is firm, that men should pastor, not women. And so when she walked out on stage, the I had a discernment within me that this is unbiblical, this is undoctrinal. I need to get away from this. Now, I still talk to those people, right? But I I don't support that at all. Um, Another time was when I went to a church with Grant. I didn't necessarily know what was going on, but I had a, 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 a discernment within me that something wasn't right. And Grant and I shortly found out that there were a few things there that were not right. And we were able to help as much as we could, try to point them in a good direction and help them out. But when we look at this, right? It says, Doctrines, Demonicalized, Perverted Cults, Fleshly Elements. We have stated multiple things that belong within those four categories. So we, and we can go into
1: uh, uh, many examples. I'll, just, I'll, th- I'll name one. Uh, Pastor uh, Ronnie Blair, a uh, godly man. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time there was a situation that uh, it needed dealt with. And uh, trying to help and hedge and, and spare him all that I could, uh, he uh, addressed it. Probably addressed it a little bit more moderately or lightly than I thought it should have been addressed. But through his discernment, that situation absolutely resolved itself. And I sat back and I looked. I think, man, that's God working in him. Yeah, that's God working in him. Because uh, me being hot-headed and carnal and and and, and thinking vengeance is mine, saith. Yeah. And. The pastor followed the discernment, and uh, it was a win-win situation. Yeah,
0: because when when someone discerns something, they're distinguishing between two areas. One's good, and one is bad. And as we were talking about, you know, when we look at the world and the darkness that's within it, man, you know, if someone has the gift of discernment, and like I said, I mean, I think uh, the—and it was MacArthur who wrote that— Man, at the end of it, when he said, just like any other gifts, this one takes studying. If you want to be able to discern between light and darkness or, you know, pray that God would increase you in that gift and in that area, you're going to have to study the Word of God because you have to know what the Bible says in order to discern. I mean, I wrote some. I wrote down an example. Um, when you get into 1 Thessalonians 5, and I didn't think about this, but I actually got to preach on this on a Wednesday, uh, noonday, a few weeks ago, and I loved it because listen to this. Um... So this is 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 20. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So when you look at that, you know, the first thing you see is prophecies. And a lot of people hear prophecies and they're like, whoa, you're getting in like to the weird area. And it's like, no, if you study what the word prophecy means in scripture, it's not weird at all. It's biblical. So what he's saying is the preaching that's taking place and the things that are being said in the name of Jesus. He says, don't despise them all, but test them hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. And only someone who knows the word of God can really test what they're saying, hold to what is good, but then get rid of those things that are evil. And so when we look at the gift of discernment, you've got to know the word of God. So let me ask you guys an example. And Josh, I'll kind of start with you. Josh, when you look at, like, knowing the word of God, because me and you and Alan, we've talked, you know, we all love reading the word of God. We're studying in it. We're reading in it. I mean, now that you have a—I'm a, not going to say any of us have an amazing grasp on Scripture because I I don't. Um, and But I will say this, you know, when you—now that you have a grasp on Scripture and context and doctrine, has it helped you discern between what is good and what is not good?
2: Absolutely, it helps. And that's what—that's kind of going back to the earlier comment I was making about, you know, when the person is newly saved or, you know, comes to that understanding— but the scripture gives us, and I mean that—that that is one thing that the scripture is very plain on—is yes and no, and it lets us know what the expectations are, what the you know who who Christ was, what he represents. The whole plan of God's plan from very beginning to the very end, which allows us, you know, that and that's the thing. So like when we witness to people, when we encourage people, when we help people, when we are there to share the gospel message with them, we don't have to use our own words. He's given us the words and we just use the word of God and say, you know, this is what, you know, and that's so you mentioned about, you know, like a pastor pulling somebody aside you know, I mean, the last thing you want to do is immediately just stand back and point a finger and be exactly. like, y- you, exactly. you, you know, you got to do it in love, yep. you know, and, and I mean, and that's the thing. So a lot of the times I have found because me being on a job site in construction, it, you know, guys are not very responsive to the word of God. Yeah. So when I ask them, one of the things is, is I say, you know, if, if I asked you to read something, will you tell me what it says, you know, and they will read it and I'll say, what's that mean? To you. You can't beat around the bush. Nope. You know, because when it says that it is an abomination before the Lord, it's it's cut and dry. Yep. It's it you can't yeah.
0: you can't twist it. Yeah. Paul said in Romans one, he said they trade what is natural for what is unnatural. Yep. And so that's where we're like when we look at how the world is has an agenda, they're trying to desensitize people or I mean, honestly, they're at the point where they're trying to make sin good. I think at the end of Romans 1, maybe 30, 31, 32, it says, like, not only do they do good, but they incur- or do bad, they encourage others, yeah. saying that bad is good. And so that's where I'm looking at it. Like, now is the time where, I mean, anybody who gets in the Word of God can discern between What's against the word and what is for the word. But those who have the spiritual gift of discernment. And man, they can discern between evil spirits and what's of the spirit of the Lord. They can, we got to stand up. I yeah. mean, really, we, yeah. we need people. True. And I'm not saying that they're more spiritual or they're more mystical or anything. I'm just saying, more than, more than anything, they're probably a leader. They probably have an influence. They probably can have an impact and help people. Because I'll say this, a lot of times when you're in error, you don't see error. But sometimes God, through God's word, will reveal to you your error. And then sometimes he might send somebody by that's got a word, that's got an encouragement, that's got some, you might hear a pastor preach, you might. And so that's what I'm saying, you know, people who have this opportunity to discern between these evil things and these good things, not only do they need to stand up and be a leader, but here's the other thing. Teach the younger ones. Absolutely. Teach the younger ones that may not understand everything. Teach the younger ones that, I mean, like right now, the public schools and so be it. Uh, the public school system is getting worse and worse and worse. And I, I mean, it's literally a worldly based education that is being taught to our kids. And we've got kids that are professing Christians, and they're coming to church and learning one thing, but then they go to school, and the school systems are trying to pull them. The other way, uh, one of our associate pastors preached a couple weeks ago to our youth. We had a big worship night, and he talked about this book that he's been reading where it talks about that it's almost like the worldly education system is slowly introducing a form of atheism. No God, just science, you can be whatever gender you want, and really when you look at it, it kind of makes sense what he's saying. I mean, it really makes sense. But, you know, our kids are over here being taught one thing, and then we've got them in church. And I, listen, and if you're like, well, you you don't know what you're talking about. I, I work with teenagers. I Listen, every week I have a conversation with at least one or two teenagers of something they're being taught at school, something social media is trying to influence them, something their friend group is trying to push them towards, and they think it's okay, and they come to me and say, Hunter, what does the Bible say? So I to be a good steward, right? And because I love them. I need to take advantage and teach them the word of God. Why? Because they are being influenced by a system that is not biblical. And so that's where like, if we can discern between what is good or what is bad, then we need to teach the younger ones because they may not, they're not there yet to help guide themselves. And that's the foundation that every
1: person, not young, old, whatever, you have to have that foundation that you build your life upon. Yeah. That keeps it stable. Uh, if you're dependent on friends or, uh, Co-workers or something's opinion of uh, decision making. You're like the guy that's building the house in the sand with no no footer under it. It's the wind's going to come. It's going to fall to be a, a great destruction that happens. And, and you're um, also
2: you're also dependent upon somebody else to make decisions for your own life. I mean, which is you know, I mean that we it's clearly evident what the you know people around us in the world look for and believe i mean they it, it's almost it seems that sometimes that it's almost like a shock factor that they want yeah, to see how yeah. far they can push it yeah. you know before you go you know or make some make a noise you know yeah
0: and that's sort of like you know when you get into acts 15 you've got a church of antioch full of young fresh believers and the judaizers come in and they're like great y'all believe in jesus like, yes we've been saved and they're like well great you got to be circumcised so now they're all confused. But when you get to, you know, Paul and them go up before the Jerusalem Council, and they're like, no, they don't have to be circumcised. Well, the Bible says this in Acts 15, 31. Uh, well, let me start at 30. So when they sent were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. Look here, verse 31. And when they read it, They rejoice because of its encouragement. So all these believers in Antioch hear the letter that they don't have to be circumcised, and they rejoice because they're encouraged. And I I read that to say this. When we have an opportunity to discern what is bad and what is good, what is undoctrinal and what is doctrine, when we have young people, young believers that are on the milk, and we're able to help them, it encourages them. Or, you know, when you get into Thessalonians, right? And some false teachers come through, and they're like, "Y'all have missed the rapture. Like Jesus has already come back. The dead—you're never going to see." It's all—they were—they were troubled. So Paul writes to him. He's like, "No, it's okay," and he discerns. He helps them see that these people are false teachers, and this is good doctrine. They rejoice. They found pleasure. They were—they had peace about that. And so when we look at the world, I mean, I think it's beautiful how this conversation has flowed. Because I'll be honest, when we start talking about. Desensitized and all these things. I don't know where we were going. I, I thought we were just going to stay in there, but when you get look at where we're at now, it adds up because the world is trying to pull everyone away. And if we have the discernment within us because of Christ, then we need to be like, no, it's not we're just, not of the
1: world, and it's not just the world either. If if you stop and think. Uh, the prosperity preachers.
0: Mm. I was getting start, ready to say, Josh well, it, said something earlier about what's going on in the church. We've got to discern between... You, you, when you start talking about that, what is all
1: of their contact, all their subject matter, what's it revolve around? It revolves around you serving God in order to be prosperous.
2: Right. and, 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 and It's and,
1: the little G God because they're
2: talking about themselves. They're
1: themselves and, and what makes me happy and gives me physical yes. pleasure on earth now currently. And it's about uh, uh, building a kingdom here. Yep. And what... Did, what did uh, Jesus tell the rich young ruler who wanted to go to heaven? Mm. He's like, what got I got to do? What do I got to do?
0: Mm.
1: Well, you got to give up all. Be willing to give up. Yes. What's all. most important.
0: Well, really, he's telling him to give up the one hang-up he had.
1: And that's yeah. it. That's it. That concept, that mindset, that, uh, uh, man, I'm going to get all I can while I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gain all I can get. Jesus
0: said, don't build yourself. Don't, don't, don't wear that. the moth and rust. That's you put exactly it put right. it up in other, heaven, you know, where that... And, uh, and, and again, go ahead. he's
1: not saying that you're going to be, uh, uh, you know, go to hell if you've got a nice house. That's not what the Bible God does teaches. bless. God does bless. He does provide. In his own way, in his own time, and in how he, how he chooses. But understand, uh, the fact that if I'm basing my spirituality on what I possess, or what many mm. zeros are on my bank account. Yeah, come on. You're missing the mark. And that system, that hang-up, is the, the love of money. And the Bible says it's... The love of money is the root of all The always. root.
0: Not money. It says the it's love, the love
1: of, of It's the love of money. It's that mindset, that concept that and prosperity the, preachers oh. are trying to propaganda. They're spreading all over.
0: And so I just want to say this. So, I mean, you know, this last, uh, I think it was last week, uh, our pastor on a Wednesday noon service was talking about 1 Timothy 4. And it's the qualifications. You know, you get in there about the pastors and you read this. And one of the qualifications of a pastor is to not be a lover of filthy lucre. Of money, being obsessed with it, now, look at the prosperity guys. It's all about money. they mm-hmm. don't even meet that qualification right. and i mean um but when you look at everything i mean we've talked about we've talked about the world, but like Alan said, you know we've got sometimes we've got to look inward. Because sometimes, I mean, Jesus said it, there are ravenous wolves dressed up like sheep. They are coming to come separate you, to devour you. And so, honestly, we've got to be ready on all guard because someone could walk through the doors of our church tonight and start preaching a false gospel trying to mislead people. And then we've got to be quick to be like, hey, you don't need to influence people like that. You need to stop. You need to look at the scriptures. I mean, I've been in a circumstance before where... uh, I had a guy, he was really pushing on the young believers and they were getting, they were questioning about tongues and about different things. And I still loved him to death, but we had to have a conversation because I was like, hey, they're not ready to get into that stuff. And if all you do is teach them your opinion and you don't give them the scripture and try to show them, then you might mislead them. I said, you've got to be careful, bud. And, uh, you know, that was an opportunity to try to help because it happens if we're not on our toes. I mean, Alan's a deacon here. He's one of our head deacons. He's one of our Sunday school teachers. Alan and I, or Alan and I, Josh and I, uh, we're a couple preachers here, but we're really involved in the ministry. And why I say that is to say this, you know, we have a responsibility, the three of us, to be on our toes. But our listeners right now, if you serve at your church, you have an opportunity, whatever it may be, you need to be on your toes. You need to be in the Word of God because, listen, we're going to have to discern between what can come in and what needs to go. Yeah. Because a lot of times, too, you know, we've got people that call the church and they want to sing, they want to do this, and they want to do this, and sometimes our pastor, a lot of times our pastor's like, no, because he has the discernment. Something's not adding up about this. Yeah. Something's not feeling right about this. And I think the three of us could probably speak of times where we've encountered people that they start talking and you're like, something ain't adding up here because that my Bible does not say that. Yeah. And so, my friends, that, that I mean, that's the gift of discernment. I mean, everybody can discern between what's good in Scripture and what's bad in Scripture. But, man, when we really look at or bad in Scripture, how people are misusing Scripture is what I meant to say. There's nothing bad in Scripture. But when we have the gift of discernment, we have an opportunity, one, to discern between what's evil, what's good. We have an opportunity to discern between... Not doctrine and doctrine, but we also have an opportunity to help people. And, I, man, I think that's the biggest thing about that gift is if you have it, use it. Yep. Because you can influence somebody and lead them to the light, like absolutely, Alan said. Absolutely. And, uh, man, I, I mean, I think we've hit it on the head when it comes to this gift. We wanted to talk about faith, but um, we're running a little short on time. So we'll talk about faith. I will say this. When we talk about faith, we're not talking about saving faith. We're not talking about the faith that preserves us. We're, we're talking about, it's like I told them, someone who's persistent in prayer, and they're always there to intercede for others when you ask them to pray for them. Or man, something hard comes up and there's that one person that they're like, this too shall not pass. You know, they're not moving. Yep. They're not budging. They're like a rock of faith. That's what we're talking about, and that—that that is a spiritual gift that we are. Some are given by the Spirit; He gives to who He wants, you know. And uh, so, I think next week we'll kind of come back, and we'll probably hit faith, and then uh, we'll probably try to hit the next gift as well. Um, we're gonna try to do two, so that way we can get through this list, not to rush. But because, you know, we want to be prepared in case we don't spend a lot of time on one, we have another. Or if we spend a lot of time on one, well, that's great. Then we'll come back the next week. But, you know, I I hope, I mean, I think if there's any way to close this, I think it's just to bring it back up and say this. Man, I I hope our listeners and us in here, I hope we can be more sensitive to what the world's trying to do. I think y'all painted the picture perfect with the way people are trying to ruin marriage, you know. You want you don't want to be in it? Get a divorce. You don't want to you want to sleep with someone else? Go do it. In the Word of God, as Josh said, there's things that are like abominations. Yeah. God intended sexual relationships yeah. for His glory, yeah. for His purpose. And man, of course, the world's going to try to take something and ruin it because that's what the world does. Well,
1: God saw that it was not good right. that a man should be alone. He knew, yeah. it. and he and when he when he created Eve. That couple Mm -hmm. was the couple that were were meant to be together. And that teamwork, that uh, process of uh, helping one in the other's weakness, uh, that model uh, goes through not only the the home and the family and the system all the way into today, but you can take that model, apply it to the church— because we're the bride of christ we're his we're his bride and when we come together each one of us has got a gift each one of us has got a talent god's blessed us each one and when we put those together we we complement each other and we we raise the the body to the uh level of efficiency that god's got us in place uh to uh, perform in our community and to to be a, a light that's set on a hill, can't be hid. You know what I'm saying? And that's a uh, that's to me, it's just a beautiful picture that yeah. God's, God's painted with the the marriage yeah. and and how that it in turn reflects the church and the church reflects the relationship between uh, us and, and Christ yeah. and being His bride. Yeah. And when you start trying to distort and and, and 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 do crazy stuff that takes away from the purity and the holiness of of God's intent for uh, marriage, it's to me it's offensive.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's no wonder why, you know, Satan tries to break down the marriage as quickly as he can. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean because like you said, it, it all you follow it and and it ultimately comes to Christ. Yep. And it's not that he's attacking us, it's that he wants a separation between us and God. Yeah. That's it. It's yeah. that separation that they look for, that he looks
0: for. Yeah. And like a lot of people that are Christians, you know, they kind of they had this idea that, you know, once we're saved, we're never going to struggle. We got our saved card. We got our ticket punched to heaven. And, I, I mean, I'm here to just say this. That's not true. It's not true at all. Because, listen, you can be a devoted Christian man and a devoted Christian woman, and if you are not sensitive, something can come between you and your wife like that. Yep. And I'm telling you, the enemy, listen, he is not having to fight lost people. They just follow no. him yeah. naturally. They have no clue. He's just blinding them. And But you know who he is going to try to stumble, right. and you know who he's going to try to fight? the Christian and the person who's trying to live for God while heart. they are down here on yep. earth.
1: Those are the ones you want.
0: And you got to be— str- And it's like me and Haley, you know, we are—we haven't started marriage counseling, but we're at the point now where are like, we're really learning a lot of things about what we're going to be into later this year when we get married. And we were just talking about how, you know, when our relationships with Christ were where we need to be, it's like loving each other is so much easier. Yeah. And it's the way it needs to be. But when we—our minds are distracted or something— Then it starts to become hard, and that's where I've just noticed. Like, man, the enemy will try to do anything to split two people. And I I mean, I'm just I'm encouraged as a young man to hear you and Josh kind of start our segment off talking about marriage because I'm sitting here over like taking mental notes. I'm like, man, this is good. The men's the
1: men's conference we went to at Woodstock,
0: Georgia. Yeah.
1: Fifty percent,
0: fifty percent
1: of pastors in America have admitted to being addicted to porn. Fifty percent. Yeah. If you think that. God won't attack me if he'll attack God's men behind the pulpit and that those those uh, those uh,
0: did you mean Satan attacks me? yeah okay
1: yeah. Uh, Satan <laughs> but that that those those statistics are uh, you know statistics. you know what Do what you want with them. yeah but the fact that men in homes and marriages all over the country are being bombarded and assaulted by satan and his mind manipulating grass greener on the other side of the fence mindset you're fooling yourself because he is busy at work oh you I, he's busy psh. at work and our our responsibility is to stay as close to god as we can yeah value your relationships man if you've got a if you've got a wife yeah uh, that uh, loves you and, and is faithful to you you need to cherish her and protect her and uh i, I tell you what i still respect uh, i respect our pastor for making <laughs> making the statement uh, she's mine Get ideas, you better keep your eyes in your own head,"
0: <laughs> he said. "Yeah, if any of you jokers get any ideas, and I thought, oh no, but <laughs> I, I mean, love it.
1: True, that's that's, that, that's, that's a great example. And that is the example that I think every godly man should have towards his bride. Absolutely, she should be precious to him.
0: And that's you know, when you look at, especially like I said, being a young guy, when you look at all this, I mean. The world has this image of marriage and you talk to people and it's been awful or they've been divorced or they, this happens or this happens or this happens. And man, when I get to sit under godly men who teach godly marriage and godly husbandry and how we're supposed to do things, I'm like, this sounds awesome. This doesn't sound terrible. This sounds like something that only God could give. And that's where I told Hay- you know, Haley, my fiancé, when we first started praying about It was God's will for us to be married. I told her this. I said, you know what, Haley? I said, let's pray for this specifically. I said, if me and you are supposed to be together, let's pray that God will put a love within us for each other that only a God can. Because if he will do that, and we will keep him first, and it is a God-centered relationship, he will keep us together. I guarantee it. Because the world, that's just the love that's just like, you know, love this, love that. You know, you don't love it anymore. I love ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> hey, the and, the Pharisees when they when they were done with their wives, they just put them away and went and got another one. Yeah. That's just that's not how it works, and that's the way the world's attacking marriages today. And yeah. when you look
1: at folks that you know just are, are uh, in, in a relationship and, and they hit a bumpy patch, and now all of a sudden the, the news, you can't quit the news. Yeah. The news were off. What do you do? Well, God, God didn't give up on us. He didn't. He didn't give up yeah. on our uh, you know rebellious, stiff necked, uh, you know hard headed mentality he kept after us he kept pursuing us he still, that's, that is. still forgives us he's still passionate towards us right and, and uh again that's uh, hard to
0: comprehend it is hard to comprehend that he keeps forgiving us when we fail and, it, yes. and it's oh my
1: it, it's I mean, hard to live it's hard it's hard to, to to do in your but that's why he does it right so that we'll do it to each other yep. and if
0: we can't do it to our wife we can't do it to our brother and it's yes. like we we can't and then I covered that this last week with our youth. The Bible, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. If the Bible says, listen, don't commit adultery. If you love your neighbor as yourself, do you want your neighbor to come and commit adultery to you or trying to steal your wife? No. So, gosh, act like that towards them. And that's where, like... You know, it's like the other day, I was listening to this, uh, I was listening to a country singer, and he put a song out about all the differences in the world right now, and how there's a bridge that needs to be gapped, and we can do it, and all these things. And I thought, how many people right now notice all of the evil that's going on in the world, and they are trying to use their platform to share their opinions of how they think the world can be better? And I've listened to Christian pastor after Christian pastor say, if we will stop worrying about how we think the world needs to get better, how our country needs to be healed, and look at what God says, and look at God's Word, and keep God's standard. He will heal our land. He sure will. And it's just sad because I'm sitting here thinking like, man, this is not hard to realize. I mean, it's even like, you know, I started thinking this last week about how Jesus is at the right hand of God. And this morning during our worship, I've just been thinking about it constantly, about how when the Bible says that he ascended to where God is, and he's at the right hand of God, literally now I view it as like, he's looking down on us. I mean, he's not dead. He's not. Fi- he's literally watching us. And this morning during our worship, when we were singing those songs, I kept that in my mind, and I thought, praise be to God, because yeah. he's alive, he's a miracle worker, like the songs we sing. Everything we say this morning is about the loving God and praising Christ and how he forgives us for, you know, when we're off or when we're at our worst. He was there. And I, I'm telling you, it's awesome and it's hard to comprehend that we have a loving God that when sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And it overwhelms me and tears me up because I'm like the lady that uh, made the comment this morning, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this. I, and I'm sitting here like, sister, me, I'm none. thinking that like yeah, every of, day. none, none of, of us too. do, but you know, if we can grab a hold of the throne of grace, if we can devote ourselves to you know our Christian walk, if we can grab a hold of the joy that Paul wrote about in Philippians, but here's this, if we as husbands and wives, and I'm not a husband, I'm just saying, can practice a discernment between what is good and what is bad, It'll help a household too. The husbands are supposed to be, they're supposed to be leading. They're supposed to be setting the role. And I'm looking at this gift and I'm thinking like, man, we've got a responsibility to help lead our house. And so um, uh, friends, like I said, I hope you can see the, you know, the, the world's got an agenda too. I hope you're challenged to study the word of God more to discern between what is unbiblical and what is biblical. And three, I hope that if you have the gift of discernment and you can discern, you know, situations or when evil things are about, you will use that and help lead a younger generation that needs some guidance and needs some help because that's what we need right now. Well it's needed. You're listen, absolutely right. I heard C T Townsend and I don't listen to him a lot, but someone shared this thing on Facebook where A couple Sundays ago, he just stood up. He's like, listen. He's like, it is your responsibility as a father to teach your kids. He said, stop coming to me asking me to raise your kids. Go home and raise your kids by yourself. Stop coming to me asking me how I need to teach someone this, and you're not even going to be there. Learn it on your own and teach them. He's like, be a man of God. Lead your house. And I was like, amen. Man, we need that. And if, If we could instill in these children, these kids, these teenagers, the things of God, they wouldn't go through this world looking for things that are full of vanity, like Solomon said. So, my friends, I, I hope you've learned. That we've covered a lot of good things today. I feel super encouraged and reminded that as I start my day tomorrow, I need to think about all these things about how there's an enemy out there. You know, we need to discern, we need to study, and uh, we need to keep our relationships right with God, but our, we need to love others. That's so, right. I'm just really encouraged. And, uh, guys, do y'all have anything else? I will say this. Sorry. I know you are about to say God bless. Um, if you have questions, if you need prayer, please send them into our email. But I will say this: we desire your prayers too. We're thinking we're going to pray, but we're thinking about doing a segment maybe after spiritual gifts about traditionalism versus Calvinism. And maybe some of you guys are just heard those words for the first time. You're like, what in the world is that? Go ahead and start looking them up. Go ahead and start. Because we're wanting to talk about a touchy subject about, you know, people here of one party or people here of the other party, but they don't even know what the theology is behind those. So we're thinking about being able to talk about that to help educate people to see that just because someone views sovereignty this way and someone who views sovereignty, there's equality. There, yes. there is a when we come to what Christ has offered us. They both believe the same thing, and so uh, we're going to get into that. We've got to study more ourselves, but just pray for us that we'll do you know what God wants us to do in this podcast.
1: Absolutely, we need your prayers because if you've listened to us and you probably can read <laughs> through some of the things that we say and probably say, hey, he's leaning one way, or he's leaning another. We will to take all the filters off. We just want to present. Uh, what the Bible says uh, information about what the Bible says about each of them listen
0: someone who claims the the theological party of traditionalism has right points someone who claims some things biblical from the Calvinistic party they have some right points and do you know how we define whether they're right points or not are they in the Bible are they they biblical and both parties have biblical points so we can educate and talk about that so but uh, guys do y'all have anything else God bless God bless All right, we'll see you guys next time peace out